0: good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and the two words in our house the past couple of weeks are boobs and magunda.
1: <laughs> wow, it's how, hard to follow that one. Um, I am the Champ, and I am so happy to see 2020 go because I'll never have to hear the word unprecedented again.
0: <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that in the past. You, you're tired of that word, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, it, I, I guess it now evolves into new normal, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, it's unprecedented normal.
1: Unprecedented. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's jump back here. Yeah. Magundas. Is that what you said?
0: It is. Do you are you familiar with the that, word? That
1: sounds. That that sounds like a word in Tagalog.
0: It is. It means beautiful. So ja- Jameson okay. says it. Um He says it, and he calls one of his stuffed animals that. But he also says the word boobs. So he's at that age where he says words, and then people react to it, and then he picks up on the reaction, and then continues to say it. So, nice. Yeah, they're the two words that that he says um, for the past couple weeks. Yeah, he'll just say them. So it's interesting, and I guess you know he's going to be three next month. So he's probably got another couple months to do stuff like that. Maybe six months where he starts realizing that, okay, that's not a word. That's inappropriate in the grocery store in Wegmans. <laughs>
1: so, so for, for our, our, our um, single lingual um, listeners here, do you want to tell them what's, uh, what language Tagalog is?
0: Tagalog is uh, native to the Philippines,
2: correct?
1: That is correct. Yes. That is correct. You know, that kind of reminds me. Do we, do we have a chance to deviate here? Sure. That reminds me of a joke. Tell me if I've told you this before. What do you call somebody that speaks two languages? Bilingual. What do you call somebody who speaks three languages? Trilingual? Yep. What do you call somebody who speaks one language?
0: Unilingual. American. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So, again, I'm going to deviate even further. So (laughs) I will tell you that uh, the one culture that has maintained tried to maintain, and I feel that it, they do, is the Hispanic culture. They've maintained their language through the generations they've been in the United States. And that's something that the Germans, obviously they weren't going to do because coming from that country in the 19, you know, 1900s, they were trying to get away from, they changed their name because they didn't want to be associated with that. And then the Italians assimilated pretty quickly. Like they maybe spoke Italian in the in the in the home, but they spoke English outside the home because they wanted to assimilate. And I I think the Hispanic culture has done like a really good job maintaining that. So yeah, there you go. There's my that's a really s- good
1: point. Sociological okay. note. I, I like that. Well, 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 you know, there's there's all kinds of different Spanish. There's you know, uh, Spanish, Spanish, Latin American Spanish, and then there's you know the derivative, the Chicano Spanish, more street language. Um, uh, type of Spanish that you might hear on a show such as uh, the George Lopez show or something like that. So so did yeah, did um, you
0: guys, did your parents speak Tagalog?
1: Um, my dad did just a little. My mom knew a few words. Okay. Um, my, my, my dad did, but, you know, he didn't speak it much in the house because there was nobody that, that understood the language. You know, occasionally when he would have calls um, with, with um, someone from the Philippines, he would speak it. Um, but but he was uh, one of these people that was trilingual. He spoke uh, English, um, um, Tagalog, and, and Spanish.
0: Right, because there's that Spanish culture too in the Philippines.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: right. yeah. Because that's what, and I, that's what I think uh, Robert Madison's husband is is has that because his last name is Spanish. It's Cadiz. So um, yeah, they, they had there's that because of this. Yeah, there's yes. that Spanish influence in there as well.
1: Sure. Uh, they right. you know, those, those, those colonial uh countries were pretty good at uh at, at colonizing, if you will. And and their influence, you know, has been wide-ranging.
0: Yeah. All right. So there you go, boys and girls, a little sociological lesson there. Um There you go. All right. So uh, we we got some stuff to cover this this month. It's it, it's been almost four weeks. Um So the Cleveland Indians are have announced that they're going to change their name, right? Yes. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, it's, it, the, the time is right. Well, actually, when I say time is right, it's probably long overdue. Yeah. I, I, I think they needed to, and uh, I, I guess when I say the time is right, let, let's do it now during the pandemic. When, when everything else is up in, in, in chaos right now, let, let's, just, let's just go ahead – and, and do this
0: yeah especially the um the caricatures that they would have i think they went back to the sea and and instead of the wahoo i think
1: they yeah the chief wahoo out. the yeah. big grinning uh indian yeah. chief with you know that that's certainly offensive
0: yeah and the uh, chief nakahoma that that needed yeah. to go um so <laughs> we asked the we asked the uh bush league to come back with some names that they thought would be good to, to kind of replace the Indians. Um, what, what, what was yours? You, you, you threw out some names.
1: Yeah, well, my first one was, was obviously a, a, a slap at the old uh, city of Cleveland. Uh, the first one was the Cleveland River Fire in that. tribute to the uh, Cuyahoga River that was burning back in the, I think it was in the uh, the late 60s or early 70s. But the, the river right there in Cleveland caught on fire. So I thought they could pay tribute to, to that. <laughs> and my, my second one was Cleveland Rocks, you know, uh, a little, uh, was it, uh, uh, Drew Carey?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Used to use yeah. that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In his show? Uh, now uh, the host of uh, the Price is, right. Price is Right?
0: Oh, yeah, for those retirees out there that watch <laughs> TV during the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're watching the Price is Right and, like, Hogan's Heroes and <laughs> Kale's Navy. You, you, you know what?
1: <laughs> let, let, me, let, me, let me take an c- exception to that. The only thing <laughs> worse than watching the Price is Right as a retiree is watching the Price is Right um, – as a worker for the government and getting paid for it, Roger. Yeah, that
0: is, that is bad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you're right about that. I only do that during lunch.
1: So, <laughs> don't worry. Your okay. money's well spent. Yeah. Just in case somebody's listening to this podcast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no threat of that. Um, so, we did What did ha- you come up with? I came up with the Indian or the Indians, the, the Spiders. Uh, they, they were a National League team, the Cleveland Spiders, in the turn of the... 19th century there uh 19th 20th century so that's what i came up with so there is some precedent of having the cleveland spiders uh and i think bill bill went with the cleveland spiders as well he did probably for the same for the same reason so yeah. i feel like that's um yeah I, I feel like that that's a good fit although i dub i do like the river fire i think, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> kind of cool um yeah. For those of you who don't know that you should look that up and that river caught on fire a couple times. And when a, a, a body of flowing water catches fire, that's a problem.
1: That's <laughs> not good.
0: <laughs> it's not good. Um, so Bob Fries went with something like yours. He went with the Cleveland rockers in honor of the you know, rock and roll hall of fame that's out there. And he went with the Eries, which is kind of cool that because it sits on Lake Erie, um, yeah, I thought that was kind of unique. Uh, I thought the most unique one was uh, Rick Lake, uh, who with the Red Riders. Did you, did you get that reference? Um,
1: is this um, is this based upon uh, what was the movie? It was the Christmas story, the gun that the BB gun.
0: The Christmas story, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you shoot your eye out, kid.
1: Yeah. you know, I I just saw that movie in its entirety for the first time two years ago. Classic. Really?
0: Oh, it's yeah, it's a classic. And the funny yeah. thing is, is I think the movie, the movie is set in Indiana, but the house is actually in Cleveland.
1: Okay, all right. Yeah. Darren McGavin, the Night Stalker, was in that movie. That was great. Yeah, that was really good by Rick, the Cleveland Red Riders. <laughs>
0: yeah. So uh,
1: Rick's yeah, becoming funny in his old age, isn't
0: he? He, he is funny. His, his humor's a little dry. But, yeah, he, <laughs> he's pretty. He's really funny when he gets angry and sarcastic. Like, I, I've seen him light into people, and I'm, I'm doubled over laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he does have a kind of a biting wit. But, yeah, they are good stories of him lighting up people and, and me standing there just cracking up because some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth.
1: And he was, Uh, hopefully you can share some of those in in later episodes.
0: He was someone that, you you know, there's always that guy that gets away with it. He was, he was the guy to get, that got away with it. I I don't know because there was truth coming out or what, but yeah, he would say stuff to people and yeah, he, he would get away with it. I'd say stuff to people and I'd be, yeah, I'd be in someone's office 20 minutes later.
1: Uh, that's because it was your countenance, you know, your, your face always, would always give you away.
0: <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, yeah, so it is good. I, I don't know when they're going to announce their new name. I feel like that should be a pretty big thing. Like it should, it shouldn't just come out on Twitter
1: okay so, so you'd think you'd think that's something because there, there, there's a lot of logos I mean they, they a lot of marketing that has to be done with that a, sure. a whole new set of jerseys that have to be um, printed so that they can make more money from that but let, let, let's be honest right now baseball is in such a state they still haven't decided whether the National League is going to have a DH so, so how can you have roster transactions when you don't even know if your league's going to have a DH this year so I don't know Um I don't think it's forthcoming.
0: Yeah, and Ed, that's a good point. You'd have to change letterhead and all
1: that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: All right. Yeah that that that's a big operation. That must be expensive too.
1: Yeah. It's 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 logistically it's just just slightly behind the distribution of the COVID vaccine <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, and just as important, making sure you get. That. <laughs> sure you get that letterhead <laughs> changed on those contracts right. oh, boy. one a and one b yeah. <laughs> all right uh moving on uh we had another hall of famer pass away yesterday this year oh. i know we we got three more days here um phil negro passed away and you and i talked uh, in the fall about our last podcast of the of the calendar year to kind of m- memorialize and and remember these guys um so Negro was one of one seven, I think it was seven, seven. Hall of yes, Famers, seven. Uh, to include Tom Siever Joe Morgan, Kurt Flood, who's not a Hall of Famer, but he's in the rooster wing, um, Bob Gibson, Al Kaline, and Whitey Ford. Um, what, what are some of your thoughts on those guys?
1: Um, you know, I just put down a, a, a couple of, of, of fun facts for each, so I'll go through them somewhat quickly. but. Um, if anybody has a chance, um, Bill had alerted me that um, I want to say this was it two days ago. Um, MLB Channel had a show called Lost Icons. Um, it was just an hour special of, about at that time the six Hall of Famers that you had previously mentioned, and gave you know a little bit of a description on each of their lives and you know what they had had meant to baseball. But um, you know just going through here in kind of our, uh, in, in no order, um, Al Kaline who I never really saw play much because, you know, that was the American League. And back in, I guess he started his career back in the late 50s. But uh, one of the things that I didn't know, the fun fact was, is that um, still to this day, he's the youngest um, player to ever win a batting title. Um, he was 20 years old when he won his first batting title, um, which is is pretty amazing because we, we, we think of uh, – You know, some of what the players um, today are doing. Uh, Juan Soto leaps to mind. And, you know, he'll be the ripe old age of, what, 21 this year, 22, and hasn't won a batting title. So, uh, um, you know, that was just one of the fun facts for for Al Kaline. Bob Gibson, we talked about him, probably one of my all-time heroes along with Lou Brock. Um, But Bob Gibson, one of the things I was looking at is that he started uh, nine World Series games. He pitched 81 innings. (laughs) <laughs> in those nine World Series games, so he actually had um, he didn't have nine complete games. It was actually eight complete games because um, seven of the games went nine innings, uh, one went ten innings, yeah. and the other one he got pulled after eight.
0: <laughs> yeah, he he was kind so, of a beast in the World Series. Yeah,
1: that's that, that's kind of amazing. Um, Whitey Ford, um, God, he was with the, the the Yankees during during their heyday, right? From like. Forty-six, I think, nineteen forty-six to nineteen sixty-four. I, I want to say that they were in—they they were in every pennant, um, save for maybe two or three. And you know, Whitey Ford was a large part of that, which um, probably leads to the reason that he has the highest career winning percentage of any Hall of Famer at uh, six ninety.
0: Yeah, when I was—I was looking at Whitey Ford's stats uh, before the show, and he played from nineteen fifty to nineteen sixty-seven. Um, and he missed two years because of military service, but I didn't realize that winning that winning percentage is just pretty damn high. Holy smokes, man! Yeah, many of the seasons he he didn't even lose ten games. Many of, many of his yeah. seasons,
1: yeah. They, they were, and and you know the, the thing about him, I I didn't realize he was actually uh, born and bred in in New York City, so yeah. he was he was a hometown boy.
0: Yeah, and yeah, that's back then where there was no draft, and yeah, so the the Yankees did a good job of keeping people at home, right? Him and Lou Gehrig. Absolutely, yeah. And then who's,
1: um, yeah, the next Hall of Famer I just wanted to talk about that we we really haven't um, gone into in the past was was Joe Morgan, and you know, this guy, what was he? uh, 5'8", 165, 170, yeah. um, could pretty much do everything, right? Won gold gloves, could steal bases, had power, um, hit for average. Um, uh, he actually won back-to-back um, MVPs during uh, the heyday of the Big Red Machine back in 75 and 76.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, the other thing that stuck out with Morgan is he won a Silver Slugger Award at age
1: 38. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I think just about everywhere that he went, um, winning teams followed, or he was a part of of those winning teams, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody remembers him um, in his heyday in, in in Cincinnati, but you know, he played for the Wee's Kids, right? The, the Phillies when they went to the World Series in in '83. Did some stuff with the Giants and the A's um, later in his career. Um, he, he really good player, broadcaster.
0: He won a division with the Astros in 1980 as well. He was with the Astros.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, um the ne- the next person that we had on the list was 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 Tom Seaver. And uh Tom Terrific, uh the franchise, he uh at the time when he was elected after his career, he he was at that time the highest uh vote getter at 98.9%. Um I guess that's been surpassed now by Derek Jeter who got 100%. Um but um pitch pitched for the Mets for how many, what, 12, 15 years before moving to Cincinnati?
0: Yeah, he he got traded in uh, 1977. Yeah. He – he yeah, and he – it's it's a shame. I don't think he ever made the playoffs with the Reds. Well, I guess in 79 he did. Um, in 81 they didn't make the playoffs during the strike, but he was 14-2 and two and finished second in the Cy Young to Fernando. Yeah, he, he – he won 16 games with the White Sox at age 40 in
2: 1985. I mean, yeah. That's wow.
0: gotta, yeah, and he pitched pretty effectively up until right then. Yeah, he, then he went to Boston. He was on that 86 Boston team, but I don't think he was on the playoff roster.
1: But Yeah. Um, you know, what I always remember is that tremendous leg drive, right? You, yeah. You'd look in his – and the, the the legs, of the knee the, the area was, was always muddy just from the tremendous tremendous leg drive that, that he had. You know, one of the things I didn't know is that he actually, um, uh, post-baseball career, he actually had a winery in Calistoga. Um, oh, he did? California, uh, yeah.
0: And he was a college player, I believe. Yes, yeah. he went to USC. USC, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he, he, him and Nolan Ryan... When, the, in, you know, you talk about a pitching philosophy of drop and drive, those guys, those guys definitely. Yep, they
1: epitomized it, yeah. sure.
0: Yep, using their torso to create all that energy. Yeah, which must have been pretty intimidating with that guy coming at you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, another Hall of Famer, you know, Lou Brock, um, who Bill and I, to to some degree, you know, gave a lot of credit to trying to pattern what, what little game that we had playing baseball in high school at, at, after Lou Brock um, everybody knows Brock's prowess to, to steal bases um, you know I, I think in the World Series um, he obviously played in three World Series he batted 404 in the World Series had a couple home runs there but I guess what amazed me the fun fact that, that, that I took away was that in his 1974 season when he stole 118 bases he was 35 years old yeah that's amazing
0: yeah that I mean, to steal that many bases uh, at that age, yeah, that's pretty – and is that when he broke Ty Cobb's record?
1: Um, I don't think he broke the the record that year. Um, That's when he broke Maury Will's single-season record. I think it was um, – gosh, I want to say the record he set, this this 118, was in 74, and I want to say that he broke Ty Cobb's record in 76.
0: Okay, so a couple so years after. So it was like three that. years later.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. But he broke more and then than Wills' last,
1: single season Go ahead.
0: He broke Wills' single season record. Yeah. He, oh, swiped 118. Okay.
1: Yep. Which is still a National League record. Um, the Major League record, obviously, was broken by um, um,
0: Rick. Ricky Henderson,
1: yeah. I think, in 82 or 83 with 130
0: stolen bases. Yeah, that won't, no one's going to get that.
1: Nope. Yeah. Nope. And, and then lastly, you know, uh, Phil Negro, who had just passed away um, two days ago. Um, one of the things that I saw was that he had 245. Now, obviously, Nuxie, nickname for, um, because of his uh, penchant to throw knuckleball, um, 245 complete games. And more amazing, I thought, was that he threw almost 2,000 innings after the age of 40.
0: That's amazing. I know. Think about that. So uh Negro has three hundred and eighteen wins. He never won a Cy Young award. Do you think there's anybody in Major League Baseball that has three hundred wins and not win a Cy Young? Maybe Nolan Ryan? I don't think he's won a Cy Young.
1: Really? Nolan Ryan hasn't won? I don't I don't I don't know. That's that, that's interesting. Um one of the things I I did note of, of all these seven players, um Joe Negro's the only one not to win a World Series.
0: Oh yes. Hmm. Yeah, cuz all those years with the Braves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah. And you had some you had some other players that, that um not not Hall of Famers, but some some pretty good players and players that that were um drafted in, in the Bush League that had passed away. Did you want to just touch on those yeah, for a second? Yeah. Uh
0: the first one is the Pennsylvania guy Dick Allen, who who some people think he's a borderline Hall of Famer. I don't know if he is. Um but he, uh, he he you know, he won rookie of the year, he won MVP, uh, he didn't play on real good teams. Um, he was kind of a a rebel, right? But do you remember Dick Allen playing? Probably towards the end of his career, more and obviously more in the beginning.
1: No, I do. I mean he had he had one really good year with with the Cardinals and then oh, okay. they then they sent him right. to to, yeah. to the Dodgers. Dodgers, yeah.
0: yeah. And he played in Oakland um he went back to the Phillies at the end, but, uh, yeah, he won Rookie of the year in 60, 64. I think, um, uh, I think he won the MVP in 72 with the white Sox. He won rookie of the year with the Phillies. Uh, my, it was probably my dad's favorite player and he wouldn't refer to him as Dick. He would refer to him as Richie.
1: Richie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, a couple of other notables, Kim Batiste, who was probably drafted in, in our Bush league at some point. Yeah. Um, uh, Claudel Washington, which, uh, we all, I mean, we do remember him, uh, Garcia. Remember him? little second baseman. I do. Yeah. Yeah. He was a good player. And of course, Tony Fernandez, which that guy could pick the baseball up as good as anybody. Uh, and he, and he, Tony Fernandez was a really good hitter as well. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a guy. Uh, I, I didn't realize he passed away. I'm going through the list. Uh, I'm not sure if he was ever in the Bush League. Biff Pokoroba. remember
1: this guy? Biff Pocaroba, yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah, remember him from Catcher baseball cards for the Braves, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, he's a guy that you would every pack of baseball cards I would ever buy that year. I'd probably get him. I'm like, man, I don't know. What this <laughs> guy. What
1: am
0: I do it. Uh, and the toy cannon passed away. Jimmy Win this year.
1: Jim Wynn, yeah.
0: Yeah. Who was a really good player, kind of on the lines of Dick Allen, maybe a little, um, you know, uh, a little different, but he certainly had a, a, a lot of talent. Um, and he played with the old Colt forty fives, and then the Astros, and played with the Dodgers, and um, yeah, he, he had a he had a pretty good career. Uh, did uh, uh, the toy cannon, yeah, so. Uh, it, it seems like a lot of guys, and there was many more that passed away. I just, I just covered yeah. the guys that that probably relevant hey, to us.
1: Can we jump back for a second? Can we jump back to to Dick Allen? Because yeah. you know, one of the things that strikes me is is that he 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 kind of seemed to be a player before his time. Um, I don't know if you remember, Rod, that there was this kind of iconic Sports Illustrated picture uh, of him, and I think it was in the. Uh, the 71 season is that when when he was traded to the White Sox or 72 season in the White Sox when he won the MVP?
0: 72 he won the MVP yeah.
1: Yeah, there was a picture of him smoking a cigarette in the uh, the dugout. Yeah. He's just like, uh, you know, kind of ultra cool that that type of thing, and he was a player that really would have strongly benefited to um, to be a DH his whole career. I mean, he was he was Harold Baines before Harold Baines on the White Sox, and um, I don't think he ever cared much. To, to field, but um, this could, this guy could dump the ball.
0: Yeah, he had a... I'm looking at him now. Uh, he had a career 292 average.
1: Um,
0: he had 1,100 RBIs, 350 homers, had, uh, 300 doubles. But, yeah, he, he um, he's probably a guy that maybe didn't... I don't know. He gets shipped around a little bit. I mean, between 69 and 72, he played with four teams. So, it's it's tough to get a groove when you when you keep moving like that, um, yeah. But he the the one year he won the MVP, he led the league in uh, homers, RBIs, walks, on base percentage, slugging percentage, obviously OPS and OPS plus. Um, yeah, he had a pretty devastating year offensively. Uh, and that picture, I think he's juggling baseballs at the same time.
1: Oh right, right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he had a career nine, nine twelve OPS.
1: That's pretty damn good. Yeah.
0: That's pretty damn good. Um, yeah. And he, he was, he, he could, my dad used to tell me like he would hit the ball. You could hear it on the radio. Like when this guy was, up. <laughs> you know, you could hear how hard he hit the ball. So, um, yeah, Dick Allen was a, and he was a cool player too.
1: You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, he was ahead of his time.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll miss those guys. and we'll, Obviously, we can continue talking about them, but uh, we'll, we'll miss those, those guys because most of these guys were part of our growing up. Yes. Morgan, Seaver, Brock, and Negro uh, as the Hall of Famers, and then the guys we talked about. So we remember them either playing in all-star games or baseball cards or whatever. And yeah, because uh, yeah, there's no reason I should remember Biff Pokoroba at all.
1: well you know I was looking at his career I think he played from 75 to 1984 um so um that's the year that um he stopped playing and that the bush league started um my sense is is that you may have been able to coax him one more year because you would have drafted him in 85 I'm sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) possibly yeah he might have been on my list (laughs) until I realized he retired yeah um and speaking about the Hall of Fame, so the Hall of Fame ballots came out. Um, of the new people, I don't feel that there's anyone that is a Hall of Famer. Um, the new people uh, the first year are Tim Hudson, Tori Hunter, uh, Victorino, Zito, AJ Burnett, Swisher, Kadire, Burley. Mark Burley? Yeah. Yep. I don't feel like any of them are Hall of famers you if you had a vote, would you did any of those guys stick out?
1: no I, I mean i would I, have to agree with you that I don't think any of them are. I think Hudson Burley, and Tory Hunter are 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 close, but I, I don't think they I don't think they they passed the
0: test. No, they were really good players, especially Tory Hunter. I mean Tory Hunter was a really, really good major league player. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think. Uh, And then the guys that are getting close to the end, what what do you get? 10 years on here? Is that what you get?
1: I believe so. Yeah, I believe it's 10 years.
0: Yeah, so you got Schilling, Clemens, Bonds. 10 years on the ballot. Yeah, Schilling, Clemens, Bonds, and Sosa are at year nine. Um, Sosa's not even close. In fact, his numbers keep going down. Um, Schilling is at 70%, so he's probably right there with no one to take, you know, with no one coming in to take votes away. Um, so Schilling, Clemens, Bonds, and Vizquel was four. Uh, w- w- where do you fall with the Clemens, Bonds thing?
1: Uh, you know what? I, I want to say enough time has passed. The, these guys were Hall of Famers, um, even – yeah. prior to the hint of, of, of scandal. And my, my feeling is, is, is that they were so far ahead of anybody else in, 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 in their classes that it, it, it's time to, uh, to to vote them into the Hall of Fame. And if need be, to placate some of the traditionalists, if they need to put something on their their, their plaque that says they were involved and in, rumored to be involved in steroids, Well, it shouldn't even be rumored. It, it needs to say that they were involved in it, um, then, then I, I'm still okay with that. But they, they should definitely be in. Um, just, just real quickly here, Raj, um, there is a metric um, in baseball reference yeah. that has um, – and I don't know if you see it. it it's under the column that's, that's called HOF and small letter M, which is Hall of Fame Monitor. Um, it's a statistic measured by, by Bill James. That, that says here's how likely a person is to be elected and yeah. you know 100 it says they're they're right on the border of getting into the hall of fame you know um Omar Vizquel has a 120 which means he should be in yeah. Kurt Schilling has 171 which means yeah he's he definitely should be in Roger Clemens at 332 and yeah. Barry Bonds at 340 yeah so that, that 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 just goes to show you just how clearly they should be in
0: yeah um and I- and it's a cool measuring stick, right? Um, and It and is.
1: Just a way to quantify. I,
0: uh, I had a ballot that I submitted. Again, they never count it, but I, I submitted it. <laughs> um, and I went with Schilling, Clemens, Bonds, Vizquel, and Manny Ramirez. That's who I voted for last year. I, I think Todd Helton, for me, is on the fence, um, as is Gary Sheffield, uh, but the the five guys that I just mentioned are guys that I that I think are surefire Hall Famers. I I mean Schilling, Clemens, and Bonds. You, you don't really have to say anything. Um, Vizquel we talked about last month with his, his how many hits and then his defense. And then I think Manny Ramirez is one of the most feared hitters in his generation. What, what,
1: what your... i what I'd have to I'd have to agree with you. I mean your 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 whole ballot there. Uh, I am surprised. Um, this will be Manny Ramirez's fifth year on, on the ballot. Yeah. And I think he only received twenty eight point two percent, which was even below Todd Helton. Um, yeah. I, I, I just I don't I don't get that. Um, I think Ramirez should be in, I think Sheffield can be in should be in and I, I think Scott Rowland is really close. I don't I don't think he's gonna get in, but I I think he's really close.
0: Yeah, I looked at Roland's numbers. I don't know if he has enough. I, I think defensively, the guy. I mean, we talked about it before. I mean, him and and Nolan Arenado are are two of the other than Brooks Robinson are two. They're right there. Uh, defensively. That's a great comp. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Roland only has two thousand hits, and I say only, but you know, I I, th- I think there's something to that. Um, yeah, I I. I uh I'm on the. I don't think Rowan. I wouldn't vote for him. But I mean, what do I know? I mean,
1: yeah, I'm just a guy. That- no, he 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 falls close. I, I I think you're right. I think he's 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 a little bit shy of getting in. But it's just interesting that he actually garnered 35 yeah. percent of the Hall of Fame vote last time. You know, ahead of people like Gary Sheffield and and Manny Ramirez. I mean, certainly um, Rowan. Um, if you look at his war, uh, received you know. His award higher than the other two, but that's largely due to his, um, his his defense. I don't think he offensively he was as good as those two.
0: No, I, I don't. I don't think uh, he wasn't a feared hitter like Ramirez was. No. Yeah, you got guys on base, and you're you're pitching it, Manny Ramirez. You got to be careful. Yeah, and I think he was like that everywhere. I mean, he certainly was like that with the Indians. Certainly was like that with the Red Sox. He. Yeah. He was like that with the Phillies. Or with the Phillies, with the Dodgers. Um yeah, I, I, I think the guy was a <clears throat> probably a nightmare to deal with. But anyway, uh so they usually come out in January, so we'll we'll see. Let's see if they come out before our next our next show.
1: Uh yeah, I wanna I wanna say that our next show is gonna be later in January, so we'll yeah. do it post uh Hall of Fame announcement which will be mid January. So we'll know.
0: Yeah, we should know by then. Um, and then you, you know you put out another message to the league about major league players that you've met, right? Yes. Uh, and we, we got a lot of responses. And when you put it out there, I was I was under the impression of players you met just through happenstance. But um, we we had a lot of we had a lot of responses, and we're we're gonna. I mean, there's a lot of players that uh, the Bush League owners have met we're, we're not going to cover all of them but there's some few encounters that uh that are pretty funny I, i'm going to start with the first one uh so rick he actually met well the two that he brought up was one was brooks robinson and rick said he won an mvp in the little league and i guess you know growing up in maryland i i guess he, you know brooks robinson was at the Whatever, because he won the Little League MVP and he got to go to a probably a dinner or something. So that would be kind of cool as a as a like yeah, a would be. twelve year old. You know what I mean? I won the MVP of the Little yeah. League and now I get to meet Brooks Robinson. That would be friggin' awesome. And he played with John Mabry. You remember John okay. Mabry? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I I I do because didn't didn't John Mabry he actually played at Westchester, didn't
0: he? He did, and when I looked him up, he's from like Northeast Maryland area, and that's probably where Rick played the summer ball with him, because the the, the towns were pretty close, where Rick went to high school and this guy went to high school, so um, yeah, and he he had a pretty good major league career, he played in St. Louis, he played in Philly for the hot minute, and then he got traded for Jeremy Giambi um, to the A's, but um,
1: He he was a decent player in St. Louis, and he was their batting coach Mm. for the longest while, while, well, under um, Mike Matheny.
0: All right, yeah, yeah. So he had a, yeah, he had a good major league career, Um, Mm -hmm. and then Case, I remember this. He met Ryan Howard at a pregame, where Howard was, you know, playing catch or whatever, warming up, and Case just went down there, and uh, it was in Scranton, Scranton Wilkesboro,
1: and uh, I think. Are we talking Ryan Howard from the Phillies or Ryan Howard from the Office?
0: Ryan Howard from the Phillies. Although I can see how you (laughs) confuse that. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I do remember that. And the Bronson Arroyo, I didn't know, where he met him at an airport. Yeah.
1: How how did that happen? What was the the deal behind that?
0: He said he was coming home here, and he saw him in Dallas. So, uh, and he he said he sticks out. You know, he's tall and lanky with long hair, and he, yeah, he recognized him.
1: Um, Uh, Arroyo was a pretty accomplished guitar player, too, right? I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure if he was quite as good as Bernie Williams, but, um, yeah, I think he was pretty good.
0: Well, maybe he met him in Nashville then, because they would be the two airports he would fly out of, like, when he would come back. So either Nashville, that would make sense with the guitar thing, because everyone plays an instrument in Nashville. Um, (laughs) and then we have, uh, you, uh, some of the names that you've, you've brought up in the past on the podcast, uh. Uh, Jamie Moore, Christian Walker, who you said you met at a picnic. Uh, Chris Carpenter, obviously, because you post that that picture through text constantly.
1: Um, wait, 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 wait a second. Wait a yeah. second. Let's, let's jump back for a second. Yeah, Chris Christian Walker was actually a friend of my daughter's. and right. He's been over to the house a couple of times. Chris Carpenter is a friend of the space auditors.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you walk around with that <laughs> yeah, picture. Yeah, that
1: picture That picture is great, right? Because he's almost 6'7", and, and I'm all a five, four. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then Richie Ashburn, how'd you meet him?
1: Um, this was on my trip back in the 70s. We um, we, we were out in St. Louis because we still had um, family friends in St. Louis. So we, we we took a family vacation out to St. Louis. And, and I want to say that day that um, we were staying at the hotel in downtown St. Louis, and we saw Richie Ashburn there. And, uh, you know, just walking by and happened to say hi. Hey, you know, you say that stupid stuff like when you're 15. Hey, I'm from Philly, too. And he's like, oh, great, you know, yeah. welcome or some, something along that line, but, but, but really nice. And, you know, I wish Bob Kirk could have um, jumped in here because I, I think he was pretty good friends with Richie Jr., correct?
0: Yeah, so there was a there was a kid that we went to high school with, whose sister was married to Rich Junior. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and Bob was pretty good friends with the, with him, um, not necessarily Rich Junior, but with with the the brother in law.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, now there were a couple other players that I mentioned, and I'm going to leave these because because these all involve you, um, I, and, and Bill touches on some of these. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I had met. Burp, Lylevin, Joe Morgan, and um, how can we forget Manny Sanguian, mm-hmm. Raj?
0: That's right. Yeah, that that <laughs> was a. For those of you who don't know, you go out to Three Rivers. Manny doesn't show up as as often, but he has a little barbecue in the uh, behind the right field fence, and uh, yeah, he's there occasionally. Um, it, and he he it's pretty cool uh, to see him. Uh, Joe Morgan, we met in Chicago,
1: and yeah, let's tell the story about that.
0: What Bill tells or, or better. What you better, yeah. Or what you remember. So, I think Bill was with me. I don't know if you were, but we were walking, yes, walking across the street into like a bar.
1: And this is I, after a game at Wrigley, right? Right.
0: And I think Bill noticed him, and I said, "Hey, Joe," and he really just kind of blew us off. And then I, I probably said, "I did something with the flap that he did."
1: <laughs> yes you, you 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 say here's what I remember as we were crossing the street. he didn't really respond to you no. and then you said you said, hey, Joe, what's this stuff and you start flapping your right arm and bill said hey it's it should be the left arm that you <laughs> flapped because he had that timing mechanism at, at when he was batting that he yeah. always flapped that that the that that left uh arm yeah.
2: <laughs> so uh
0: yeah that so that's my uh and now he probably has a like one of those Things on me where I can't come within fifty feet of them up until this <laughs> year. Um, but Bill had some really cool ones, I thought. Um, I think it was me, Bill, and Bob Kirk were in the elevator after a Baltimore game with Rod Crew. and we were in the elevator, and he came walking in behind us, and he was probably like, he was probably fifty-fifty whether he should have got in there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, let me, let me guess. You guys may have had one or two beers
0: um, yeah. that
1: day. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, and I mentioned something about him and Bake McBride. I thought McBride <laughs> was a better hitter.
1: And you he can he never got let ch- the Bake McBride he, part go, can you? <laughs>
0: he chuckled and then got off the next floor. I'm not even sure that was his floor. He might have just said, I'm off here. I'll take the steps. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good one. Uh, but Bill's greatest one is uh, he said he – saw oil cam Boyd and Otis Nixon after a cards game when they played the Expos and against Nixon and Boyd were playing with the Expos at the time. So Bill sees Otis Nixon and he yells, Otis, my man, knowing full well, <laughs> knowing full well that Otis Nixon has heard that a thousand times. So I just think it's funny is that, and you know, Bill's pretty self-controlled, you know, I'm sure he was thinking, processing in his head. Don't say it. Don't say it. But the fact that he said it is is a classic, right? That's a classic, Otis, my man. He said he just smiled, tapped him on the shoulder, and moved away from him.
1: <laughs> uh, a, a couple of things. Couple of things to that. You know, one who can't, uh, who cannot not say, Otis, my man. Right? It's very Pavlovian if you've ever seen Animal House. But I, I guess what really makes this funny is, you're right, Bill, Bill's a little um, uh, more self-controlled than the rest of the Bush League, but the only person that, probably in the Bush League that was more self-controlled than him was um, Mike Alexander, or who we know as Schmitty, and Bill was there visiting with Schmitty, so it was the two of them, so I, I, I can't imagine how this would have happened. Now, had you been there, I could have seen you egging him on um, very yeah, yeah. easily, but uh, yeah. yeah, this is just really strange.
0: Yeah, that, that was a, that, that's a great story. Um, And then the Burt Blyleman thing, that was Rob. That Yeah, you want to tell that, that story? So we, again, it's it's Baltimore and, and, and the California Angels at the time in Baltimore. Yes. We go back to the hotel, and there are some players, Angel players, staying in, well, the Angels were staying in that hotel, and there's some players in the lobby. I think Von Hayes was there. Uh, Burt Blylevin was there, uh, and uh, Hubie Brooks was there too, because Stan and I were sitting next to him. And I guess Rob went up to Burt Blylevin and said, Hey, I, I, you know, just, just something complimentary. And Blylevin brushed him off, like, Don't come near
1: me. And well, I, I think Rob went to actually shake his hand, right. and Blylevin wouldn't shake his hand.
0: Right. And then Rob said, As he walked away, you'll never get in the Hall of Fame.
1: <laughs> he did say that. Yeah. So is- <laughs> the best part of that was what every year when Burt Blyleven's name for the Hall of Fame kept coming up, and he would never make it. I, I would always call it the curse of Rob. Yeah, <laughs> that Blyleven. I mean, he eventually he did get into the Hall yeah. of Fame, correct?
0: Yeah, he. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah.
1: And but but it, it, it wasn't the first ballot.
0: <laughs> no, it was not the first ballot. He had to wait a little bit. Uh, and I remember Bob having a conversation with Von Hayes, uh, and I wish Bob would have responded to this, Bob Kirk, but. I think Von Hayes told him he's like, "Hey, you guys got a guy there back in Philly named Dave Hollins who's really going to be a good player." And he was right on. Uh, Hollins was a good player for right about four or five years with the Phils, and and uh, I think he ended up playing with California at the end. But uh, yeah, that was a pretty good encounter. And then Stan and I were s- sitting at the there was a piano there, and we were just sitting there talking. And Hubie Brooks, and there was another player. Brooks was talking to, and I can't remember who it was. <laughs> Brooks was complaining that when he was with the Mets, Al Kiner, when he'd do interview with him, always called him Mookie, and he'd say, "I'm yeah. not Mookie, I'm Mooby." <laughs> hey,
1: did, did did you ever? Okay, so so let's let's deviate for a second. Did you ever watch Kiner's Corner or, or listen to Ralph Kiner? He had so many malaprops. Yeah, he was hilarious to listen to. He was so really just so bad. Yeah, it it, it was it was hilarious.
0: Yeah, I remember a little bit, you know, once we got cable and and whatever that channel was, the Met channel was on there. But, yeah, I do remember the Kiner's Corner thing, and that was that was pretty funny.
1: You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write down for our next podcast or podcast in the future to see how many um, sayings I can come up with or find on the Internet from, from Ralph Kiner.
0: Yeah. That's, it was funny when he said that because I'm not Mookie, I'm Hoobie, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then Bob Freeze, who goes to a lot – he said him and Tom go to this Hot Stover's Banquet in Reading uh, the past couple of years. So he's met numerous, numerous players. Hall of Famers, too. Gaylord Perry, um, Jack Morris, Tommy John. Fergie Jenkins. Yeah, Fergie Jenkins. Tommy John, who's in the Rooster Wing, but not in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, he's met numerous. And then he went to a Fantasy Phillies camp as well, uh, where he's met a lot of players. Um you know, to include Luzinski and Tommy Green and Terry Harmon. Um,
1: Bob Dernier. Yeah, Brewster, Bobby D. Warren Brewster. Yeah.
0: And I, I, when I was at the camp as well, many of those guys were were there. Um, yeah, Terry Harmon, he was actually a really good guy. I, I, I didn't really know much about him. He was a, I was young when he started. I don't think he was on. He might have been on the '76. Uh, division champion, but he wasn't on any of the other teams. I think he was getting older. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, Bob's met numerous players over the years uh, going to those. Going to those.
1: Here, here, here's semis. what I thought was funny is that, you know, he has I think a Sunday season tickets uh, to the Phillies, and okay. he's had them for a long time. And they have a photo day, and he was talking about that he had, you know, his picture taken with Gary Matthews and uh, good-time Charlie Manuel – but yeah. he said, at one of those, he actually watched his daughter flirt with uh, Jimmy Rollins. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I saw it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the end of those tickets. So
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> and then uh, and so when you talked about happenstance, that's how I took it when I brought up uh, when I listed my guys. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I met Fred Lynn. It, uh, uh, he was doing a, uh, the USO would send some of these players to like military bases. And I actually met Fred Lynn walking into the the it's called the commissary. It's basically the grocery store on on a military base. And I walked in, I'm walking down the like main aisle and I see him there sitting at a table. I'm like, hey you're Fred Lynn, man. What are you doing here? And he, that's what he explained to me what he was doing. So yeah, that was mm. that that was a uh, that was a fun meet. I met Sparky Lyle the same way. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah Lyle was a good dude. Uh, both of them were. Yeah, they were. They were friendly. I talked to I talked to Lynn about playing football more than I did playing baseball. Wait, he, he played? played didn't, didn't he play at
1: USC also? Yeah, he
0: played football at USC. And when I said okay. that to him, he was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, I played football for a couple of years." And I said, "Did you play with Lynn Swan?" And he's like, "Yeah." So we were talking about him and Pat Hayden and 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 John McKay and yeah. So he, right. he actually enjoyed talking about that. Um, uh, Butch Hobson. I met, I brought in as a speaker uh, at, at my last military base at, at Middletown because he was the head coach. Oh, wow. At, yeah, he was the head coach at uh, Lancaster, the Barnstormers. So I contacted the Barnstormers. I would have these these like uh, leadership-type speakers come in uh, every other week. I did it for about two years there. So Hobson, yeah, he was cool. He was a good guy. Um,
1: so, so can can I interrupt here for a second? Since, yeah. since you you know you you have leadership meetings, and you, you, once again, you're going to be the leader of the Bush League yes. this year. Um, I, I'm anxious to hear who is going to come in to speak to the Bush League this year. So yeah. you don't have to reveal it now. No, but no. Uh, I'm anxious to hear. Yeah, that.
0: we will have an opening speaker at our, at okay. our opening banquet. Yeah. All yeah.
1: right. Well, it, it's better opening than closing because it gets pretty 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 bad by the end.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Do you remember Dorn Taylor? I don't. Dorn Taylor was a middle reliever spot starter for the Pirates, but he's from Montgomery County, and he would come in and work out with us when I was in junior college in the winter. And that's when I realized what a major league curveball looked like. (laughs) Nice. He would have me and Joe just stand there, what he would throw, because Joe was lefty. And he would. He, and he was probably just rolling him, And I'm looking at it like, I can't hit this thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: You, you didn't get weak knee, did you?
0: No, no, no. He told me. He said, I'm not going to hit you. Yeah, he knew exactly where it was going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty cool. Uh, Kevin Orey, I met over the phone. He was from Pittsburgh. He was a guy I didn't believe knew him. And he said, I'll call him up now. And that's how I met Kevin Ory. Uh, do you remember Kevin Orey?
1: I do remember that name. Yeah.
0: And then move on at second base. Met him.
1: Hey, let me ask you something because you had texted me during the uh, uh, playoffs this past year, and you said you have a friend whose son is now uh, a budding star in, yeah. in the major leagues, and that's Alex Kirilov for uh, yeah. for the Twins. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that.
0: So he his dad was like me. He was a role player, you know, played once or twice a week. Um, he was a he was very athletic, um, but. Yeah, his son is like like crazy good. Like, yeah. Uh, so he, he was an outfielder, uh, like like his son, and but he really was like a role player. He was like me. He, like we would go a week without seeing the field, and uh, yeah. He but he was good. He was he was a good player. Um, certainly not like how, like his son.
1: How did you know about it? How did you know about his son? Is it pronounced Kirillov or Kirilov?
0: Kirilov. Yeah, uh, th- there was another buddy I have in Pittsburgh who texted me when he was going about to get drafted. Yeah. and he, Okay. Yeah, this guy, he texted me, and, like, I can't read whatever – whenever he texts me something, I have to make sure that no one's around to read it because it's it's kind of vulgar. But he said something like, why couldn't his kid be as good as, you know, as, as his dad or whatever. So, um, yeah, so he, he – he looks like he's gonna, he's gonna start the season probably in the major leagues. He played. Yeah, in
1: the just, just just for the people that don't know, um, he was actually Alex Kurloff, um was signed by the Minnesota Twins in the first round in 2016. I think he was the 15th overall pick. Yeah. Um, first round draft choice, and actually he saw his first major league um, at bats. Not in a regular season, but he saw that during the um, um, wild card series yeah, last year.
0: Yeah, in the playoffs. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it I, is,
1: but but apparently he, he is highly touted.
0: Yeah. Yep. So he's probably going to be on the big league club, barring any injury or anything crazy happening. Um, and I think, he, I think he had a surgery already. I think he missed his second year. But it wasn't like knee surgery. It was like uh, elbow surgery or something like that.
1: Um, is, is there a possibility that his dad would join the podcast? Um, something to think about. Don't 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 don't. Um, you don't have to uh, let us know now, but um, maybe be, we get his dad on the podcast. That'd be great to hear. Yeah, that'd
2: be
0: kind of a tough call. Hey, I haven't spoken to you in thirty years, but. <laughs> oh, I see. Because oh, haven't. Okay. I, I, yeah, I wasn't like that. I wasn't friends with him as much. as I was just a teammate. Yeah. Ah,
1: uh, got it. Yeah.
0: Okay. The other guy could get on the podcast, but we'd have to bleep most of this stuff. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think I'm well, gonna bring well, him on. You'll have to worry about that in post production then. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, the 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 other guy I know that I play with, his son pitches at Old Miss, so maybe we get him on if he gets drafted. So.
1: Uh, Old Miss. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, what, what's the name?
0: Uh, Chofi. I think his I think his first name's Sam.
1: Or Max? I, can you spell that? I, I gotta look that up.
0: C I O F F I. Maybe it's Max. C C F. C I O F F I. Yeah.
1: So. Uh,
2: uh... Okay.
1: Yeah. I'll so look it up. I'll, I'll I'll take a look. It's probably. You know what? He's probably in my Out of the Park Baseball too.
0: As a college pitcher.
1: Uh yeah, I'm in the twenty 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 four season, so I'm sure he's 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 somewhere in the database.
0: Okay, yeah, look him up. Um, All right. Yeah, so there's it, quite a few former major leaguers, yeah, that have cro- come across our path.
1: Yeah, and and you know thanks for everybody that that participated because that that makes it really interesting. I mean, you and I have seen some, uh, just the stories, the, the, the Bill story uh, about Ot- Otis Nixon, um, you know. The story about Rob and Burt Blylevin, you and uh, uh, Rod Carew and Dave McBride—that's the, these are these are awesome stories. So, you know, let's 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 keep them coming. Do we do we have anything that we want to throw out there to uh, to the owners for some uh, homework assignment for this next podcast?
0: Yeah, we're gonna start reviewing beers, I think, on here. So okay, uh, yeah, we can we'll, do that. Call out, maybe you can shoot a text out there to yeah, throw out throw out your beers. Uh, I'm gonna start branching out. I'm gonna start taking your advice. Uh, All right. Yeah. Go slow. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go slow. I, I bought a six-pack of Shiner over the holidays. <laughs> Shiner's Bach? Yeah. and, and Case, okay. Case, who lived in Texas, said, well, that's pretty much, that's the yingling of Texas. It's, it's
1: yeah, a, uh, that, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah.
0: So he said, it's not that big of a deal. I said, well, to me, it's a big deal, and it comes in a bottle, so that's pretty big for me.
1: Uh, All right, so, so maybe on the next podcast we can talk about, you know, um, and, and we can have Rick add to this um, uh, some of the beers that everyone has experienced. and you know Rick just talked about sent a picture, texted a picture to everyone about uh, Hetty Topper from The Alchemist, um, which is located in, in uh, Stowe, Stowe, Vermont, and uh, one of the top beers in, in the country.
0: Yeah, so we're going to get into that a little bit as we go through this next year as well. Um okay, and now Rick should be graduating from beer making school. Those of you who don't know he is in a he's actually in a paid class at the i think it used to be called the University of the sciences I think it's called i, I don't know what it's called now. do you know what I'm talking about the college yeah
1: yeah it, uh, I think it's Philadelphia University, but it used to be um. Uh, Text, didn't it be called Textile and Sciences, Philadelphia Textile and Sciences? No, I think it's now Philadelphia University.
0: No, that's a different school. No, to, uh, oh, used to be called. Sorry, then I don't know. It Used to be called Philadelphia Pharmacy University. Ah, uh, yeah.
1: Hang on a second.
0: I don't know what it's called anymore. I think it was in. Yeah, I think it's in West Philly. But I, I can't remember. But anyway. Yeah, he's actually in a paid school. Provided uh, you guys are paying it because he's going on the GI Bill. So.
1: Yeah, well, you know what, people <laughs> like Tom and I and and, and Bob Freeze and Bob Kirk, we're, we're paying for everything for everybody. <laughs> we're paying for all you guys. So and you we know, we it. laugh at you for only winning winning one Bush League, but you've been you've been stealing from our pockets for you know the last thirty years.
0: Uh, yeah, stealing's a strong word, but I appreciate <laughs> it. All right, so uh, we got today in baseball history, pretty soft day today, uh, 1983. Remember Warren Cromarty for the Expos? I do. Yeah, so in 83, he signs a three-year, $2.5 million contract with Japan's Yaromori Giants. Um, that was probably a big deal back then, you know, $2.5 mm-hmm. million dollar contract. Certainly. What I find interesting about Cromarty is he was drafted five times as an amateur. Remember we Wait, talked about how,
1: this? How is that possible?
0: Yeah, so the— Again, baseball you you can be drafted. You're eligible after high school any year of college unless you go to a four year school. So he went to a junior college, and uh, they used to have that January secondary
1: draft. Oh, uh, right.
0: Yeah. So he's drafted five times as an amateur, and you know kept going up and probably signing bonus and waited it out. Uh, he had a pretty good career with the Expos. I he played first base and and right field. Um, yeah, I, I always thought he was a he was a really good hitter. I just think he was a yeah, he's a really good hitter. Two eighty one career average, hit three hundred twice. Well, so,
1: plus I want to say that he appeared on an episode of uh, Fantasy Island along with Alex Valentine, and I'm trying to think who the third outfielder was for the Expos at that time. The Hawk? Oh, how could I forget?
0: Yeah, the best one.
1: Yeah, yeah, Andre Dawson. Yeah,
0: the Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I really are you serious about that? Are you making that up?
1: Um, I know, no, I know Alice Valentine. I'll, I'll, I'll look that one up. I do. I know definitely Alice Valentine was, but I'm pretty sure Cromarty was on an episode too. We'll, Alice, we'll take a look. Alice Valentine.
0: Um, yeah. All right. 1994. Jamie, it's 25 years ago. How old are we? Uh,
1: Man, we're old. The Astros,
0: old. Astros and Padres make a 12 player deal. So the Astros. I'm looking at him. Derek Bell is really the only player that kind of lasted, but the Padres get Caminiti, uh, Steve Finley, uh, and the Padres took on $10.5 million. The Astros took on $4.5 million. So it was probably, a, uh, you know, trying to lower the payroll thing, but it worked out for the Astros better because they got to the playoffs six times in the next eight years and the Padres only got to the playoffs twice. So... um that probably might have been the beginning of the end of Caminiti.
1: Yeah, that was you know obviously accelerated by his uh, his steroid use, but yeah. uh, you know great player in his time, him and Finley.
0: Yeah, Finley. Yeah, he's a really good player, Steve Finley. He played a long time. Uh, and then lastly, in 1998, uh, Mark McGuire named AP Athlete of the Year. Right, you remember that? That was
1: yeah, I do. Yep, yep that was the big home run chase right? that year.
0: So then I looked at some of the uh, AP Male Athletes of the Year. Uh, after that, so uh, in 2001, Barry Bonds won it because he was on, but he was on steroids. Uh, 2002 to 2005, Lance Armstrong won it, but he was on steroids. Um, Michael Phelps <laughs> won it in 2007. He was on marijuana. So I think <laughs> I think yeah. the AP needs to restructure the rubric to figure out. Like, why? How they're naming their male athletes of the year, or maybe that was just so, a so sign of the time.
1: Here, here's 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 my take from this. The only reason that you're not on there is that you had no transgressions in that time frame.
0: <laughs> why? Well, yeah, probably not. Ninety-eight. Yeah, no. <laughs> I had to look at the year. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just thought it was interesting that the male athletes of the year up until 2005 all included steroids except for tiger woods who was crazy so yeah uh yeah so it was pretty light day in this uh today in baseball history um what are you walking off with
1: uh three things actually you know first of all i want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast as we head into i guess we'll consider our second season starting next year not not when we actually turn um uh, a year um Um, That's number one. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone. Um, 2021 has got to be better than 2020. Um, Number two, um, I would encourage everyone, um, all of the owners, to go out and take a look. Um, There's a website and there's a league called uh, the National Fantasy Baseball Championship, um, or NFBC, which is a national um, fantasy baseball contest that um, you can do it as cheaply as $50 or you can spend. You know spend a lot more, but uh, it's a national contest that I would love to see how um, how we would do um, individually in in that. Um, any thoughts on that, Raj? Uh
0: Yeah, I'm gonna look it up, although I, okay, I, good. I, I put in there, I'm in as an investor only. I would invest with you.
1: All right. Well, I, I think you, you know what? I, I could out. send out a link to, to everybody just to have have a look. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, it's, it's it's intriguing. And particularly now that the fact that, that I have, uh, now I have the time, we just don't have baseball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, well, it'll come back. Yeah. Well, you yeah. should be spending time doing. Uh, um, out of the park. Yeah, research. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and then lastly, what I want to walk off with is that uh, this podcast, Win a Dundee Award? You want to talk about that? We
0: did win a Dundee Award. Uh, Lil, my youngest daughter, gave me a Dundee Award for the podcast, so I have it. You want to
1: tell? Do you want to tell the listeners what a Dundee Award
0: is? Oh my gosh! Are you kidding? All right. It's,
1: yeah, there are you, people out there that don't that don't
0: uh, know. So a Dundee Award is comes from the, the TV show The Office, uh, where Michael would give out awards at the end of the year, and he would refer to them as Dundees. Uh, I guess for the Dunder Mifflin Company. Yes. Um, and they were goofy awards uh, that he would hand out each year, and it would be a little trophy. And I have the trophy uh, right on my desk at home. So well, there we go. I want to say are...
1: congratulations to you, because this was a, a fine job that you had started. Um, the seeds of it were sown last February. And to, to, to take this off the ground and into episode, where, where are we, 30, 32, 33?
0: Uh, I think we're close to 40
1: wow wow yeah. so so congratulations um this yeah. week in this week in the bush league podcast
0: and, and the funny thing is that might have been the last time i've seen you
1: yes correct right yes
0: yeah i haven't seen you since and we've probably talked more this year than we have in the past 35 years
1: yeah not, i and i feel sorry for you i apologize for that that's 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 <laughs> that's on me I I apologize for bringing you down.
0: Did you ever think you would talk to me once a week for a year?
1: No, but it's been great. Yeah? The the people that listen to it, Terry says that my mood is always lifted. You know, it's like a mood elevator. It's always lifted afterwards. I'm not sure why.
0: Oh, so there's some research that shows this is good for your mental health.
1: Uh, More anecdotal.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. All right.
1: What are you walking off with?
0: I, that, I won a Dundee Award. That's what I'm walking okay. off with. I mean, I'm, all right. I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm going to keep it on my desk at home or if I ever go back to work. I'm going to bring it there. It's a tough call. Although
1: I would say it, it it needs to be on the mantle with the gold glove that you won at the Philly Fantasy Camp as well.
0: <laughs> I should bring that to work too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My
0: gold glove and my Dundee.
1: There you go. Yeah, that's pretty you're, impressive. You're, you're transcending all mediums, my friend.
0: <laughs> right. All right, people. Uh, don't forget to send us your beers. We're gonna start doing that. I'm really gonna branch out, Jamie. I, I when I go to Whole Foods and and Wegmans and I see all those different beers, I'm kind of overwhelmed. But I'm gonna start uh, organizing my my thoughts and how to uh, approach this. Excellent. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna. My s-
1: suggestion is don't be afraid of the dark.
0: Don't be afraid of the dark. All right. Yeah.
1: Beers. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah. So I'm going to branch out this year remember we said you got to have goals um to get through stuff like this and that's going to be one of my major goals of 2021
1: excellent Excellent. well done
0: to get off of budweiser
1: (laughs) please do (laughs) all right you got anything else no just uh happy 2021 to everybody and uh we'll see you on our next podcast in uh in late january
0: all right buddy have a good new year
1: take care chief yep